This is the Simi Sarah Show On Demand. Subscribe now on iTunes. Listen to the show each weekday 10 to 2 on 980 CKNW and through the Radio Player app. The first ever picture of a black hole has been taken. And you think, well, why is that such a big deal? Scientists didn't think it was ever possible to even get close enough to take a picture of a black hole. And the, the fact that they were able to do it is a testament to a huge international effort of scientists from all over the world who got together to try to make this happen. One of those scientists right here in Canada, as a matter of fact, Avery Broderick, who's an associate professor in the Department of Physics and Astronomy at the University of Waterloo, which was one of the institutions involved in this project. And Avery Broderick joins us now. Thank you so much for being here. My pleasure. And congratulations. Oh, thank you. We're, we're uh, extremely excited here. Can you give us an idea, Avery, of, of the kind of effort? Like, when was it first decided that the University of Waterloo was going to participate in this, and what did that take? Uh, well, so, so it's the University of Water, Waterloo and the Perimeter Institute have both been involved uh, for many years now. And, and we participate really in the science utilization and, and uh, simulation, trying to understand what it is that we see in these first images. Okay. And that, and that, require, that requires many people working, working with supercomputers, making the, you know, producing the most advanced simulations of uh, black holes, that, that we can that we can uh, uh, produce these days. Can you give us an idea of the kind of computational power this took? Uh, well, it, it takes literally years running on thousands of uh, thousands of computers. So we're talking uh, supercomputers, uh, in fact, across the world. Just to be able to take this picture. Well, that that is certainly true. In fact, this this picture was. Uh, involves supercomputing in many elements of its production. So first, the, the, you know, we, we have telescopes around the world taking data, and we have to put that data together in a supercomputer. Um, but then separately, we had the largest effort in, in the history of astrophysics to produce a library of simulations of what we thought we might see. And, and that library was key to interpreting this image, to getting science out of this image. Uh, and so in both elements, some of the largest supercomputers in the world were put to task. And what did you think that you might see? And did the picture live up to your expectations? Uh, stunningly so. Um, we, thought, we thought that if we were very, very lucky, we would see a, a ring-like image that was brighter on one side, nearly circular. And in fact, that is, that is exactly what we see. We see something that's very close to a ring, very nearly a circle, and it's brighter on one side. And encoded in those two things are, are key elements of Einstein's theory of gravity and, and uh, the dynamics, the extreme dynamics of the material emitting, things that are flying about at light speed near the black hole. So what does this tell us then? Like, what did you learn from that picture? What is it, what's the next step now? Well, so, so from, from this picture, we're able to verify a number of key predictions of Einstein's theory of relativity. And, and while that's not, well, that's not anything new, Einstein's theory of relativity has been passing tests ever since it, it, was, it was first postulated. In this environment, it's new. This is the first time we've been able to put Einstein's theory to the test deep down near a horizon where general relativity isn't a a minor correction to Newton's theory of gravity, but it is, in fact, the entire story. Um, what's the next step? 
Well, the simple answer is is to do it again, because we're very fortunate that M87 changes on timescales of a week or a couple weeks. And so that means every time we go back and look at it again, we will see a slightly different face. The uh, astrophysical environment changes, the bright illuminating plasma changes. And so by studying it year after year, month after month, we'll be able to nail down not just gravity, not just Einstein, you know, putting Einstein to the test with ever greater precision, but understand those astrophysical dramas that, uh, that underlie how black holes impose themselves on the universe about them. Does this give you an even greater appreciation of Einstein's work to think that time and time again, his theories get put to the test and come out right? Uh, well, uh, certainly, certainly. Uh, you know, personally, uh, as, as a physicist, admittedly, I, I look at Einstein's theory of gravity, and I, and I personally feel it's beautiful. And often, in my experience, in nature, the truth is beautiful. And, and so it's, it's not terribly surprising that Einstein passes again in that sense. But bear in mind, this first image is the first, and, and the kinds of constraints we can place are at the 10% level. So we can say that Einstein is right to 10%. But as we move forward, we're going to be pushing that down below 1%. And so, um, you know, it gives me great appreciation for Einstein that he continues to be right. But, but truth be told, I think many of us are looking for that nugget, that first crack in the facade of general relativity that will signal the path to whatever comes next. So does this mean that black holes are what we thought they were? Uh, today, I think it means that black holes are real, and they, they do look the way we expect them to look. They do appear as general relativity predicts. It's amazing, too, hearing your translation of the picture, because for you know regular people like me, we look at the picture and we go, okay, that's nice. You look at the picture and you see something completely different, Avery. Well, you know, that, that may be true, but... In some sense, I see, I think I see what other people see. I see the black hole cast in silhouette, this ominous dark hole in the center, which is, you know, very naturally identified with the event horizon, that point where light can't escape. It should be dark. And indeed, it is. The black hole is black. We've been, we've been hard at work at this for a very long time. Uh, you know, this success is uh, more than a decade incoming, right? There was a lot of development for the instrument, a lot of development for the theoretical uh, underpinning and the, and the analysis effort. But that means that we've already moved on to the next stages. We're already hard at work. Well, we're going to have to talk to you when you have another breakthrough then. Avery, thank you so much for joining us. My pleasure. That was fascinating. That was Avery Broderick, who's the Associate Professor in the Department of Physics and Astronomy at the University of Waterloo. Canada may be known for its landscapes and friendly people, but beneath the surface lies a darker side of crime, history, and the paranormal. Since 2017, the award-winning Dark Poutine podcast has explored the shadowy corners of the Great White North and beyond, delivering chilling tales from a uniquely Canadian perspective. Hosted by Mike Brown and Matthew Stockton with over 300 episodes and fresh releases every Monday, Dark Poutine is your weekly ticket to the creepier side of Canada. Listen to Dark Poutine on Apple, Spotify, Amazon Music, or wherever you get your podcasts.